0: Hello everyone, welcome to BizPod, the podcast brought to you by the Behaviour Intervention Support Network, BizNet. I'm your host and manager of the BizNet service, Sam Harris. Really excited about today's episode. One of the things we've been wanting to do with the podcast is interview uh, some of the parents or families that we've worked with over the years, and hopefully at some point some of the young people as well, because I think You know, parents from the courses we delivered at the training workshops, a lot of parents get so much from meeting each other, sharing experiences, hearing what's worked, what hasn't worked for other people. And the parent you're going to hear from today is a lady named Julia who has an autistic son with a diagnosis of high functioning autism or Asperger's. He's now 16 we've been working together together for about four years or so i've been working mainly with julia not with her son unfortunately uh, she we do use her first name um, and i think she, we might slip and use her son's name a couple of times but she she would rather it remained anonymous so if you do recognize her from her story please try not to comment in any of the posts or anything like that uh, because she yeah like i said she'd rather sort of keep it as anonymous as possible but she was willing to share her story with us, which is fantastic. Uh we we meant to kind of meet and talk about her work with us, really, work with Biznet. But in the end her story was so interesting. We by the end of the hour we only just got up to speed with where we were when when I met Julia. So I think we're definitely going to get her back in for a second episode. So if you've got any questions for her or things you want to sort of cover or comment or talk about, please do. Uh, you can leave comments on the SoundCloud app on iTunes, on the comment box on the Facebook page, or you can email us direct at info at cedar online, ceda uk. Uh, yeah, it's a great episode. I, I really wanted to get Julia on the podcast because she's got such a wonderful way of describing her journey. She's had some real ups and downs, but she's always valued uh, the individuality of her son and really, I think, developed some quite incredible empathy skills for the way he sees the world, as well as a lot of resilience, you know, which unfortunately lots of parents do need in their journey. Helping and supporting their young people through uh, either a mainstream setting or a mainstream world, I guess. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll shut up and let let you get on with listening to her. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoy the episode. So, hello, Julia. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We're right. gonna try and make this feel natural now, haven't we? Otherwise, it's gonna be like a, an interview. and We've got like mastermind type yeah. chairs, haven't we? Question time. <laughs> Yeah,
1: don't
0: I make me. P- don't make me speak on Rex. No, no, I'm bored of it all. Bored of it all already. Um, well, a long time ago. Thank you for coming in. Um, I like said to you sort of before we started recording. I think. I mean, we've been working together for how long now? Um,
1: about a million years. A
0: million years. That <laughs> far. No, uh, I think
1: about five, four years. Yeah, God, it's been that long. Four years. Okay,
0: so a long time. So, um, a long um and I had the pleasure of sort of being, um,
1: many up, on board, many, many down
0: <laughs> on board with your journey. And I thought that parents that maybe listened to the podcast, um, or that worked with Business would really benefit from some of your stories. And one of the reasons I wanted to get you on as well is I've always found working with you. We, we always end up creating these analogies, these sort of little ways of understanding things. And yeah. I think that's how you understand things really well. So Desperation. Um, (laughs) So I thought some of those were um, really important to share. Uh, There's one that I've stolen that I use in training quite a lot, which was when you told me about um, your son's reaction to the naughty step.
1: Oh, yeah, when he was three. (laughs) Was he three? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, when I tell it, I must misremember it. I say he was six. I think he's about three. Three. And what did he say again? Uh, I think it was
1: my one time when I attempted to do one of those things that parenting manuals tell you you should do, or was in all the rage uh, about a naughty step. when, And I tried to suggest he went and sat on the naughty step, and he said, That step has done nothing wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which, for those of you that, I mean, I think I'll, I'll explain this in an intro, but obviously, your, your son is. On the autistic spectrum? Yes. Did he, so he
1: does not agree with that. Okay, fair yes. enough. And uh, that is my fault, because if he had not been diagnosed as being on the autistic spectrum, then in his view, he would not be on autistic. Therefore, he would like to rip up all evidence. He okay. is very angry about
0: it. I think that's probably a challenge that lots of parents can relate to. Um, maybe we'll come back to that, yeah. if that's right. But what he is, is
1: categorically on the autistic.
0: And was it a diagnosis of Asperger's? Initially? It
1: was, uh, yes. He was only s- six, but it was a diagnosis of high functioning autism slash Asperger's. Ah, okay, so about the time when they were maybe changing yes. things over a little Cause bit. It was uh, eleven years ago. He's six, sixteen now, so
0: he was. Because right. because uh, the going back to the that step's done nothing wrong. That's a I I think that's a really good example and a funny example of how um, someone on the artistic spectrum can t- see the literal side of things.
1: Yeah, um, he was not being funny,
0: he was being... literal. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. But also, I like it as well because I just think the idea of the naughty step is <laughs> ridiculous and that just some, makes the whole thing seem ridiculous. Yeah, I gave
1: up <laughs> at that point. <laughs>
0: um, so diagnosis when when yourself was six yes what was your journey like then
1: before that it was really difficult from the start Okay. though i don't here's my first and i think when you and still my first i think you don't know what's the norm and Mm. what and you're questioning is this just different or is this just difficult or is this just my fault (laughs) mostly that one Uh, So, he was very different from very young, very difficult, very hyper-alert, very, um, that's a bad word isn't it, over-anxious, but very clearly anxious, obsessive, all the things that now, but at that stage you don't know what you're dealing with, you just know that you see other children and they're not. He's not mixing. He's not the same. Because
0: this back when he was that age? Yeah, he was, he right, Two, up on three.
1: That? Yeah. yeah, but I don't know if it's. There were many other difficulties as well, and you're not. So he had a lot of digestive difficulties. Okay. Um, so you're not quite sure. It was always well. Let's deal with the colic and let's deal with the digestive if let's deal with the constant patient let's deal with it and see what if that's the distress Yeah. Um, and then it was he's very bright it may just be he's very bright let's start school and see how mm. and at, at each stage things didn't settle and I don't know you just begin to think you look around and think he's it, not like yeah, and people start to say. So,
0: Just on that, because I had someone asked me this the other day, when people started to say, what was, what was that like? Because obviously, as as that being that person who might have yeah. spotted something, actually, that know, I'm
1: thinking <clears throat> back on that. A lot of people didn't say, but then later on said, and that right. makes me cross because you think like, uh, but there are a couple of. People I trusted the RGP did say, and, and I think I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky with having had a GP where well we had a lot of other stuff in the family, but who was upfront. She said from quite young, I think we will be dealing with. Um, but other friends and family didn't. They just would say uh, it's just a phase, or mm. or didn't didn't say anything. You,
0: and looking back you kind of wish, wish they had? Yes. Would do, I mean, I'd imagine it's still hard to hear at the time mm. or was it because you'd already started thinking that way yourself, was it not too difficult?
1: When the, d- to get the actually getting the... D-
0: no, as in people starting to point that out.
1: Uh, the people I trusted, it was a relief because mm. I felt it's not just me and they're not saying it's my fault Mm -hmm. that so the professional in that case the GP Mm -hmm. other people I just felt getting further and further away from I couldn't mix in so your children are starting school together and you can't take part in their world Mm -hmm. (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was remembering birthday party just Mm -hmm. and just it just not
0: So I guess when you spot that sort of social difference, that starts to become quite difficult and painful.
1: Painful for the child, painful for you, Mm. and the distress, you know. I just have memories of driving to school with a bucket in the car because he would be sick with anxiety of Mm. not wanting to go.
0: Mm. Going on to school then, because he, I guess um, he got his diagnosis around the time that school was becoming a, a more constant.
1: Yeah, he was at the thing. end of he'd done reception, mm-hmm. but it took so long to get the diagnosis. So, okay. Uh, I think yeah. it's probably slightly different now because back mm, then. I
0: don't know. It's well <laughs> it's now, a now list what,
1: yeah it's the waiting list now, mm. but back for us the process. Took a year of observations. It wasn't just one ob- It was oh, really? wow. so we had co- uh, with the paediatrician three or four observations with the paediatrician. Okay. Repeated observations It was a much. It wasn't the weight. It was the whole. Pre- they wouldn't yeah. it took longer
0: over. Hmm. And and so then you started started school with a diagnosis no. at six.
1: No, so you started school without the diagnosis
0: and the at, diagnosis at five, but then got it. Yeah, and six. yeah, and so then. So at the end of year one. End of year Europe. So you guys are at primary school. You're like primary school, but he's at primary school. Um, and obviously, we've spoken about this in the past. But are you okay to sort of go through your experience of that first school? Because I know that's not that wasn't the easy. The first for school and, uh, was
1: well. The first school was not in Devon. So okay. we moved. To, uh, the first school was in Nottingham, we lived in Nottingham, Um, but we moved very soon after he was diagnosed with because I think I knew that, well for family, but I couldn't make it work for him in -hmm. in a big city away, so we moved here. Um, To begin with
0: Did you knew enough about the, the challenges of being around lots of people to actually find a completely different place? To I, was
1: was that up I was brought up down. I was brought up down here, and I have family down here. But yeah, I. I don't know. It's, sometimes it's just gut instinct. Isn't mm. it? Just um, I couldn't long term see. I I taught in Nottingham. I couldn't see a way of. Um, and I, I felt if we're going to move, it's better to do it now, mm. at young, but, but rather than get to sort of looming secondary. and. Mm. Um, the so what age
0: was that when when you guys me moved? Was seven. Okay, and then um, you came down to Devon, down started to Devon. A primary school here. Yeah. We'd have to name it. <laughs> we don't
1: have to name it, but uh, it was hard to find somewhere because, I, and again, I think this is probably really familiar. You've got a child who's got clear, high level needs, but no funding, mm-hmm. and so schools, uh, you've not got somebody that they're going to desire to take on because so I had schools saying they couldn't meet his needs, they didn't want him. Some being untruthful and saying they were full when, when I found, looked, mm. they weren't full. Uh, okay. So finding school was really difficult. Yeah. We di- The first school, primary school, actually for most of the time was really positive um, in that gradually he did Settle, um, and the head and who was also at the senko co- really did have a vision for. Okay. Really, fun. I think what.
0: So that actually went quite well initially. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, really well. Because I, I, obviously I didn't. You know didn't know. We didn't. Then. That was. Um,
1: um, and we went through all those. It was then statements in, and he we he was statemented so for the first so year two three four five we got settled i think what went tricky and will be really familiar with a lot of parents is when there's a big change so there was big changes in the school um it federated the head changed. and what you learn how fragile security is that people See the child doing better, doing well, and thinking there's no problem, but it's so thin, the ice is so thin. Mm. And I think I made loads of mistakes at that point in the chain. I saw things beginning to disintegrate, and maybe wasn't assertive enough, wasn't I don't know, but he fell apart big time mm. at home but continued to want to show, mm. be okay. So
0: what age was this? Year six, beginning of year six. So How old is that? That's ten. Because ten. that microphone is going to pick up the ice It's oh. not an ice cream van, it's a, it's a food van. Yeah. But Yes,
1: <laughs> it, it was a the beginning of year six and the whole school changed. It federated, this, it was a different change of Senko, change of head. Uh, they changed the classroom, mm-hmm. so it, he arrived. The, the first day of term and his classroom had moved places. Um,
0: and just, can I just go back on because yeah. one of the things that you know, and we'll come back to that journey. But one of the things that your son's always been able to do in the school environment is that masking side yeah. of things. And masking is something that's becoming more understood at the moment, in particularly in girls on the spectrum. Yeah. But I think people do forget that also it it will happen in in young men as well and he's a real example of that. He so
1: wants to, well I think it's two things, he so wants to be normal, he so wants to be accepted, he Mm. so wants to fit in that I think there's a a sort of dignity thing of, Mm -hmm. but also it's anxiety driven of of blend, of freeze, of not not causing problems and Mm. so I see are explosive at school, and I worked in school, He is the opposite, he'll freeze, Im- yeah. implode almost. Mm. In. But because he's not giving any indication, I think there are indications if you tune into him and, and, enough, and there's yeah. certain key stuff who did pick up, he is terrified. But because he's not disturbing the class or mm. causing problems to school it goes under the radar mm. and then when it explodes literally when you get in the car it's like two different children and it's really hard to get school to believe.
0: Mm. It's almost like fight and flight are so obvious that we pick up on them. We, f- we always forget the freeze Yeah. But, if, but with fight you've got an outlet yeah. so that energy goes somewhere, with flight you've extent you've, you've got an outlet as you get away from that the freeze one you're, you're bottling everything internalising yeah.
1: completely and so it exploded and, and then it turned to self harm, and so that's what
0: and it would happen when when he saw you it would be or when he got home when he
1: got when I it would graduate so usually by in the car it would just be ashen um, quiet right and then it would be at home or if something had gone wrong it was often if something had gone wrong Mm. at school but he hadn't vocalized it Mm. he just held on to it and then it would explode so uh, yeah
0: so this was happening um from year six
1: in year six.
0: and again and and it was it's something that we'll we'll talk about later but was still happening when we started working together um so, at what point did you make? Did you make a decision to withdraw him from school? What was that like?
1: I didn't ever withdraw him from school because I fiercely. A few people suggested because I was a teacher, home educating, but I just felt he needs to be connecting with people other than me, and I can't just do it myself. Yeah. Um, so I just struggled to keep him in school but it actually took our gp down here to intervene that he was really worried about him and eventually we did get cams but that was such a battle because that they first of all it was said that it was autism-driven, not mental health-driven.
0: Mm, a very common story uh, that I come across so in So it way.
1: was not deemed to be mm. Cam's remit, and then when eventually it, whether or it, it clearly was, tipped into mental health, he then wouldn't engage with, uh, and so they felt that they couldn't work with that mm. they did. Uh, come to the meeting with school to express that what was happening behind the scenes was extremely worrying. Um, so I felt I couldn't voice things for my on my own whether that was because I was no good at doing it or whether it wasn't believed or I don't know but I needed to get other voices
0: I, I mean i'm sure that for some people both elements play a part where it's knowing how to articulate it but also people not believing it i have to say with you i feel like it must have been come from a place of them just not listening to what you're saying because you, you're very able to articulate what's going on i think and what's it's difficult. Been,
1: i try and put a compassionate self on as well to understand because I've been a teacher, I know that how stressed the
0: school. Oh, the system is broken. Not that yeah, yeah the, so I do and the teachers think suffer they as well. Were
1: under such stress that, and I think my boy pushes buttons,
0: mm.
1: and w- not willing, not meaning to, but he will have. He doesn't necessarily. He is so driven by trust, and he his trust was broken, so he withdrew from people. He will have. He would not have been easy for mm-hmm. mainstream school but it shouldn't have got to that state.
0: No. Just as a little aside and then come back to the, the sort of school situation, it's interesting what you said about, about him not engaging with CAMS, so it's probably worth saying for the benefit of people listening, I've never really worked with your son either um, and it's like a little anecdote that I use but one of the things that happened when he came into one of our sessions was that I I did a lot of of the activities I usually do. Um, At that time I'd not worked much with teenagers so it was a real learning experience for me and lots of it I wasn't I didn't really tell him the purpose of what he was here for and why we were doing stuff and that broke his trust and you know that's unfortunately we've never managed to rebuild that but I always use that to try and remember mm-hmm. and, and I do sessions with teenagers in particular very differently, it's very open and honest what I'm doing, what I'm doing it, you know, trying to let them lead it so we can talk about what they want to talk about first. It was it was a real experience for me and I'm, I'm very grateful that it happened but also it's a real shame that I never got to, to sort of gain that trust from him. I
1: think it taught sorry, me
0: but Sorry, but just, just to yeah. finish that, the, the reason I'm, I'm kind of sharing it is because it. It's. I think we'll come on to the what we've done, but the progress that I've been able to make with you, you know, the the the, the, the progress that you've made, really, all of your own doing. You know, I've never been interacting with Isaac I'm gonna edit that bit out. Never been interacting with your son. But it's always been about. You know, you understand him far better than I ever could. So you're the person who's in the best place to do yeah, it. Yeah,
1: but you can't do it on your own. It of doesn't course, matter. Your own confidence as a parent, you're battered. You mm-hmm. need a place where you trust you can bounce it off, you can be yeah. safe to... But that b- Again, that's
0: the analogy, bouncing, isn't it? It's, it's not about me sitting here telling you what I think you should do. It's, it, it, some of the ideas, I mean, I've written some prompts on the board that we'll talk about later, but I don't know who said it. <laughs> Because we had a two-way conversation, you know.
1: Yeah, but you kind of just trust that the mm. process is, um,
0: yeah. I guess the point I'm making is I don't understand why anyone, professional-wise, would not listen to what a parent is saying and hear it and think, well, that is their truth. Whether it's the exact objective truth, it's coming from somewhere. They're I not, think I learned something,
1: and the camps person said, which really shot. We all learned something, and the same for you, because at the meeting with school, I remember school saying, we've dealt with lots of autistic children before.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> and uh,
1: the guy, he said, you haven't dealt with this one.
0: Brilliant. Who said that? The cams? Yes. Cam. Could, could and he be. said,
1: I haven't dealt with this one, and I couldn't do it. Mm. And I don't think he was saying my son is special, but that actually... They're all different. Yes,
0: hundred percent.
1: That stands out for me. That meeting. That was a turning point mm. when he just said to them, "You haven't dealt with this one," mm. um, and he couldn't engage. Where well, he came to our house, and mm. my son just went behind the sofa mm. and wouldn't speak. I did get him to speak. to him. Uh, Can I tell you how he t- we ha- the the way we yeah, did it? Because I felt and. The guy felt it was really important that he did get something from him, otherwise, it would just be mum's voice again. Cool and so I'd said that, let's have one more try. And I said, please, can you trust my attempt to do it? And the guy said, so we met at Costa, not at home, because that was like a safe, neutral place, not school, not home. And my son said, I'm not talking to him. And I said, that's fine. You can just have a chocolate muffin. And we met with the guy and I said to him, my son's not going to talk to you. He's just going to have a chocolate muffin. And he said, that's fine. I said to my son, the only thing I'm going to ask is if I say something wrong, can you just indicate? And I briefed the cams guy first that I know my son loves to put me right. Mm. He absolutely loves to be right. (laughs) So this sounds so devious, but I wanted him to say what had happened in a really distressing instance at school. He wouldn't do it, but what I did was I started to say it and I made conscious mistakes. I said, it was last Monday, Mm. even though it had been Wednesday. So my son immediately went, no it wasn't, it was Wednesday. And I said, no, it's well. And I said, and the class were doing maths. And he goes, no, we weren't. We were doing science. And I I knew that. Mm. But it just meant that he was putting his voice in. And the camps guy was brilliant because he said, be quiet. You said you were going to eat your muffin. I'm listening to mum. (laughs) And then I said that the teacher said to him that his asked him how he found the work and he said he found it too easy and that that made him feel upset and my son goes it didn't make me feel upset it made me feel really angry at which point the comes guy said look it's quite clear mum doesn't really know what she's talking about so would you be able to tell me and then he told
0: the story. Fantastic. But it's funny you say devious because it. It's one of those things where again like the the sort of paradigm shifted, we've got to put the child in the centre, everything they say is, is is quite rightly put as the first thing. But what if that person struggles with that? Yeah.
1: You, you have really, to be able to, to scaffold scatter- your test. Yeah. yeah. How well do I it's I not can, mine,
0: it's an RBI term, so it's copyright.
1: Can I, put, I use stepping stones for, uh-huh. that's my image for myself. Yeah.
0: How Oh god. What an error to not take a battery down my office phone. Sorry, how, so
1: I think right we're stuck this side of the river we've got to get that side of the
0: river
1: bear in mind we're this side of the river we've got to get that side of the yeah. river he doesn't like getting wet in fact he is a child that sat on the side of the swimming pool when he was meant to be having swimming lessons and said I'm not getting in there that water is too wet <laughs> um, so how are we going to get across and yeah. it needs steps tiny stepping stones mm. so in that example I knew he would not Sit and say
0: what's to too happen. challenging, it? too yeah.
1: challenging. How do you start? But he could put me right,
0: yeah.
1: And once that first stepping stone, then the pressure comes off, and it's always about the pressure coming off.
0: Well, what you're doing is you, you know, the thing with scaffolding is it's towards a skill, and and you know, being able to express how you feel and recall an event is, is a skill. Um, and if someone, it's like if you if I took you out to a... I don't know if you've ever played rugby, I'm assuming you have. Yeah. You have? Okay. What, what, what a sport you've well, never played?
1: <laughs> um, I've only played pretend rugby with my brothers. Um, I don't know the rules. I don't get it.
0: Okay, so if I took you out onto the field and said, right, I want you... I
1: know you the, pull each other. There's a the pile
0: field. of bodies there. It's called a ruck. Go into that ruck. No, thank you. Yeah, but also the skill, you wouldn't even have a, a framework, a comprehension of what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So. What you've done there is you've you've kind of scaffolded the skill of of recounting this event you've also scaffolded i think the emotional difficulty of talking to someone and you've allowed the the therapist to come in and actually form a connection through you, which is it's all the same principle in lots of different ways
1: and to do it somewhere where the pressure's off yeah. the context I find matters hugely with our mm. children. Yeah, and uh, there's something else to focus on, even if it's just the muffin.
0: Yeah. It taught me a lot, actually, because now in sessions I do a lot of distancing. So we'll talk about, if we're going to talk about a difficulty someone's having, um, I've got similar difficulties. We'll talk about some of mine, or we'll all talk about what's um, safe, like the, there's a difficulty dealing with friendships. We'll all talk about, so me, myself, the parent, the young person, we'll all talk about. Friendship difficulties we've had, so we're normalising it. We're we're maybe doing it on the board. Sometimes I'll do a similar thing and talk to the parent if the I've had the young person recently who won't talk at all, but he'll do a similar thing. He'll nudge mum and whisper in mum's ear if something's different, and he's happy with that. Um, and I think it's it's something that is so important for anyone as a therapist or a, whatever you call it. A, a, whatever it is that I do <laughs> professional uh, professional. professional yeah any professional actually yeah using the parent as a connection point rather than kind of devaluing their opinion and and how to do it you know I think if again if I mean we've done it before where we've we've plotted ideas as to whether I can reconnect with him um but I was asking you for ideas you know it's
1: but it's a it's a difficult one of not speaking for them because i think as yes. parents yeah. can and as a
0: professional we, we worry that that's what's happening yeah
1: so it is a not speaking for them but knowing that we may be the best to enable them yeah. to speak
0: or, or scaffold
1: scaffold yeah. so i do think we have to watch whether we're speaking for them because mm. that for me the aim is to get him to be able to speak Always, my aim
0: is for him to be as independent. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring in, and we can, then we're gonna come back to the, the way you know the school and, and journey and that kind of thing. But I'm gonna bring in the analogy that I I love I use with lots of other people now, um, and again I'm I'm not gonna claim it, because do I don't remember who said it. It came up in one of our sessions, um, but it was the idea that you move from. As a parent, you stand in front of your young person yeah. a lot, oh, you stand in front of them, you fight their battles, you you want, you want try and open doors for them, and as he's got older, you've been learning to stand by his side, which is, a, I think, what you were doing in that session, you right there this is how you do it, and this is how you cross this river, and here's the stones, and now you're starting to try and move to a position where you're just behind just, you on his shoulder. Yeah,
1: just keeping an eye, but hanging back as much as you can, but I think... I find you have to... I thought it would be a, a nice, neat process. First of, all, <laughs> in, first of all, I'd be in front, you know, caving away. This just happens in age Then I'd age. be beside, and then I'd be behind. But you have to keep... In different situations, you have to keep doing it again. So that's wearing. That's hard work. I'm thinking, oh, I thought I was behind, but just for this bit, I've got to go back in front and
0: then... Well, I guess, but, I mean, even, you know, because he's now 16, there's still situations with any 16-year-old where you've got to be in the front, haven't you? Um, Yeah. But I think, I guess what you're saying is that that independence hasn't really been that transferable. You've had to...
1: Maybe that's part of our children's challenges, I think. Mm. They don't always transfer from one situation to another, so... But the skills
0: that you've used to do those transfers, they're, tr- they're transferable often. Yeah, the processes, I yeah.
1: think. They, so you just have to go through the same mm. stepping stone <laughs> again and again
0: in different yeah. situations. Well, that's what I'm glad you brought up the scaffolding term. I mean, it, you know, it, it's not mine, it's something that I learned training to do the RDI um, process. And the relationship development intervention which I guess if I'm going to name drop I should probably okay. give the full name yeah. <laughs> just in case they're listening. But yeah but the, that that idea of scaffolding is so important I think for, for parents to get hold of and understand because if something is just too hard it, we, we we all would disengage from it and and I think when it's something social or emotional we those of us that aren't on that spectrum, or we're all on that spectrum, but those of us who have picked those skills up naturally, we have to go back and think about how we got there. And those things for lots of people happened at such an early age, we didn't consciously learn. No one sat you down in school and taught you how to be more independent, it was a lifelong process. Um, No one taught you how to read non-verbal cues. You know. don't
1: remember learning to walk or... No, I mean, really,
0: I don't suppose you do much, I, I don't know, but you don't do a lot of teaching when someone's learning to walk. You sort of, you hold them up and, yeah. <laughs> and give them scaffolding. Yeah. You are scaffolding, you, you know, you're not you're not explaining to them, well, you know, you need to walk, because if you don't walk, it's going to be a bloody nightmare getting around, you can't crawl forever, and you know.
1: I found having conversations with my son about that kind of thing, when he really sticks his which is always from fear of won't do that won't do that Mm. and it's always won't do it because can't do it or don't think I can do it or so I've had conversations about when you're learning to walk you fall over and get up and and Mm. actually try and explicitly look at what how do we learn things Mm. it doesn't go smoothly it doesn't
0: no, you have to make mistakes to learn, which again, making mistakes for lot of people is a huge difference.
1: And, and I find that such a challenge that if it goes, mm-hmm. it's like snakes and ladders. If it goes wrong, it's not just you're still on square 77, you've gone more. down the, square, the big long blinking yeah.
0: the one red line. always black. in the middle, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that goes all <laughs> the way down <laughs> to one.
0: <Yeah. laughs> ridiculous game.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is a ridiculous, it but it's horribly lifelike.
0: I guess. Well, I hope not. But
1: sometimes it feels like snakes and ladders without the ladders. That's the bleakest thing. I think sometimes parenting at an autistic child does feel like snakes and ladders without any ladders.
0: (laughs) I mean, again, I like the the analogy, but that that one... (laughs) Can we have one ladder? we have a ladder in there somewhere you
1: have to find them and build them
0: okay, so. well fair enough all right as long they are yeah achievable. you have
1: to look for the ladders they're not already on the board
0: right <laughs> <laughs> okay that in itself is a good one snakes and ladders without the ladders but you can build your own yeah <laughs> you have
1: to build your
0: own right let's rewind because okay. um, i want to try and keep to i guess an hour That's is a long good. time for a podcast but I'm enjoying it, so if no one else is, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> um, go back to the school, things have started to break down. Um your son would quite often things
1: did break down.
0: Okay. They had break, break broken down.
1: They completely so. he, and this one when I think I do not know how we would have got through if you hadn't got the official statement at that time.
0: Right. And did you did you move schools No. There? We just got to the end of primary. We
1: stayed. He was at primary. He refused. We got to that meeting, mm-hmm. and what the CAMS said was that he needed to come out of the classroom. Mm-hmm. And because he did have a statement that funded, he there was TA funding in the old that system. So the plan was he would just be in the library working with a TA until he was ready to go back into the classroom. And CAMS said he will get bored within a week and he will be back in a week.
0: Right.
1: And that was December. He never went back in the classroom. No. Never. He it spent. surprise me no, So it. what the plan was, every day he would be asked if he would be going to the classroom. And it, when he was ready he would, but he never ever did. So from December to the end of SATS in July, he were was in a broom cupboard really, on working on his own with a TA, and, uh, and no, and in a little library with the door open, trying to coax mm. him, but he would not go back in.
0: And I guess that image of him, you know, on his own with a TA for most of the days is, is probably quite a hard one for lots of parents to to feel, I guess comfortable about but it's worth mentioning that fast forward, you know, academically he's achieved an awful lot. He's you know he was always learning in those times, I would imagine he was still quite driven to learn then. He's he
1: is he loves learning but he hates systems. Right. So he (laughs) learn he just is a little sponge. He's got a brain that just he loves the knowing things but the system of why he's doing it in order to it's a sats, it's ridiculous and...
0: Yeah, he's got a point. it has got um, a total point. You
1: know, in fact it. he did sats in the time when Michael Gove was uh. the education person and he wrote a note on his spelling and grammar sat to Michael Gove to say that he felt he had misused a semicolon in script
0: what (laughs) was (laughs) it? (laughs) Test. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, So and that's how primary school ended then? He got Um,
1: through but he had not.
0: Well that's important as well isn't it? That that adjustment that was made, no it it wasn't ideal in terms of his social inclusion but it actually kept him at school. Yeah
1: we Um, did, I just if he doesn't stay in school, and I don't think that's necessarily right for all. I.
0: But it's. I think it's what works for that person, yeah. and, it, and like you say, that at least they were offering him that, but they were never forcing him to go back in the classroom. Otherwise, I think that would have gone a different way. That
1: was the. It was an absolute um, thing hmm. at the, at that meeting that cans made everybody sign.
0: Wow. Okay. To
1: agree, uh, and that he Isaac. Uh, he had was a, a, a written thing writing out what had been agreed and that it would and that all they hated signing it the staff hated yeah. signing it but that you nothing, needed
0: that in place to actually get everyone nothing to agree. would
1: be changed oh. without this being re-signed by everybody and that I think was really wise by Camden mm-hmm. that he needed to know that this is how it was um, and they didn't like it. School didn't like it, but we
0: got through. And then he goes to a mainstream secondary, yeah. secondary school.
1: That was again. That was a really. We had big discussion with a member of the education psychologist about how difficult. And I think it's the same for so many parents that our children. Are, well, for my son, who They said there isn't. Mainstream school will really struggle, but special school, there isn't a special school that will meet his academic mm. needs. So he falls between two schools. Mm. He's too academic for any of the local, the mm. standards of special schools, but he is disabled mm. beyond what the mainstream will easily understand. And the hidden nature of it will really challenge.
0: So but there were lots of, of lots of difficulties at the mainstream school. Um,
1: we went. We knew we needed to go for the mainstream school. Yeah. That that was the best option. And he went with statements. So with the needs and, uh, it was bumpy. I think what help uh, and it's always the thing I have found that where there's a key adult that gets it and that he connects with that is just all that's needed Mm. it's not it's relationship that makes it where he has somebody there he trusts and who can be part of the scaffold Mm. and in the first couple of years he did, and there was a really positive working mm. relationship, triangle, which is I think how it has to work, home, mm. school, child, home, mm. school, child, so, um, and he did well, and then we had another fall apart mm. in year nine.
0: Which, when did we start working?
1: We started working before that.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I, I remember that kind of breakdown happening. Um, and
1: that is horrid, isn't it, Sam? Because when, when I don't
0: mean time is in; he has but Well, no, he
1: did it on the verge of it again. And when mm. they've done, when it's gone wrong once, I think that the fear is like if you've fallen off a bike once, yes. you've. So when things started to wobble, he began to say, "It's going to go just like it was before. It's mm. going to be," j-. and all that flooding anxiety of distrust and. Uh,
0: now I'm trying to keep these to an hour. <laughs> um we're back. Again. Well, I'm just wondering dude it's been it's been so interesting and we're kind of We could do a part 2. Could we do a part 2? Are we you can. okay with that? Yeah. Cuz I'd like to go cuz obviously the next bit I will be able to remember because yeah. that's no, when I we, think, you know, yeah. we started to work together.
1: And I can um, have a think about cuz I'd like to actually put in a yeah. couple of things that are really
0: I guess maybe thinking about the things that have helped how, you most. Yeah, and
1: how to communicate mm. with school. I think that, that's that been coming to me. Actually, well, there are ways as a parent that really can mm. help and ways that really cannot help.
0: Definitely. And actually your involvement, um, is that okay to mention mm-hmm. that yeah, with, with Dias. Mm-hmm. So actually that would be a nice... But that
1: sometimes needing to have another parent presence mm-hmm. there. to dis-
0: Yeah. Or well, even, the, even the technique of actually... So I've been in meetings before where someone suggested something, everyone's nodded, given lip service to it, but doesn't happen. That idea of actually the the cams guy had of right, everyone's signing this, this is this is because very that important, Sam.
1: I there's not actually what came out of that first primary school was everything I'd said, but I couldn't get it there. It had to have an independent
0: Yeah. yeah. So do come back Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: That.
0: Just before you do go though, I you know it's worth mentioning that he is now sixteen, possibly on the verge of acing all his exams, but also at the same time, I think since we've last we've not met for a few weeks, but I think emotionally ready to cope with whatever and not letting those the stress and drive of those exams that come through everybody's school environment overwhelm his. Interests and hobbies and needs. And uh, he's almost values. flipped it
1: on its head at the minute. Of that fear of being different, he's almost like, I'm going to do these exams in the. D- in a <laughs> so way. just an example, uh, he's got. Yesterday he had English literature, which mm. is a biggie. English literature, which is a biggie, um, and lots of you know they've got to remember of, And the na- night before he got in the kind of said, Have we got any eggs? Mm. And I, was thinking. Uh, you've lost me there, I'm not quite sure how this connects with... I need to make some cakes. And I was thinking, sorry, I'm normally quite good at reading online, your but you're gonna have to fill in the dots for me here. And he said, yeah, well we've got English literature tomorrow, and everybody it's driving them bonkers the panic, everybody is having breakdowns, and in we've got an English lesson just before the exam, and our teacher said, what would be the most helpful Thing to do in that hour before the exam and most people said Romeo and Juliet and some other people said the poems and I said eat cake mm-hmm. and everybody voted for my idea so I've got to make <laughs> cakes so actually in the hour before the DCSE exam the night before he was making muffins and there's nothing more stressful than cooking with my son as we have discussed <laughs> it's a, a sort of hybrid of chaos and perfectionism with flower flying and but he made these muffins for everybody and that's what they did in their hour before their GCSE and I got actually got an email from school to say how amazed they had been at how this child who they had thought would need special consideration and has completely refused to have special calmed the whole class with his chocolate muffins.
0: Okay. I want to end on that story because it's fantastic and it just shows the end product of uh, you know, everything you've done over the years but also I think a lot of the stuff you've done quite recently which we'll talk about in the next episode But
1: I had the washing up to do, Sam and if you'd seen the kitchen when my son has been making chocolate muffins I would much rather he had quietly revised the stress to me <laughs>
0: I don't think you really mean that when you think about the true value of what he's doing.
1: <laughs> no, I was, I was chuffed that he chose to make chocolate muffins.
0: Perhaps that, yeah. So what we need now is if he continues to choose to make chocolate muffins in life, he also needs to learn how to tidy up after yeah. so That's the next step, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you for coming in, Juliet, and thank you for talking That's to nice. me. Um, and I'll, I'll, if anyone's got any feedback questions for if we do it again that's really helpful um to to hear uh, so yeah and if it's been useful let us know keep listening cheers